0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nicky Nikki Nellis on this, our first show of 2022. It seems like just a week ago it was 2021. It Here we are. Uh, we've got a great show today. Uh, unfortunately, though, everybody is remote because we still got COVID going on. So, if But you we're in
1: studio. If you haven't
0: had your shot, get your darn shot and let's. Get this over with. But we're in studio. We've got a bunch of very interesting folks on uh, on the line. Um, of course, uh, from Central Farm Markets, Mitch Berliner. Um, we're being joined today by Chef uh, Yo Matsuzaki and Luis Matilla from the new Watermark Hotel out in Tyson's. And we have been there. And it's awesome, folks. It's very cool. Um, the REMW, the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, is forging ahead. Damn the torpedoes. Uh, Winter Restaurant Week starts on the 17th. And we're joined by our buddy Alex Levin, one of the world's great pastry chefs and director of uh, uh, strategic business initiatives and pastry for the Schlau uh, restaurant group. He's going to tell us all about what they're doing. Deb Schaefer is back. She's the founder of Enchanted Botanicals. We're going to find out how to get our, our acting gear and, and, and you know our spiritual year, I we're guess. We're going
1: to reset Going to reset. Maybe we don't.
0: Some of us don't need resetting. Well, I'm set. I
1: think you need to reset. <clears throat> We're going to be resetting for 2022. It's important.
0: And um, I think most of the Washington has heard about the Daikawa Group's uh, great Japanese-Italian restaurant, Tonari. What did I say?
1: I don't know what you said, but you I didn't said, say it right.
0: Well, I stepped on my tongue. Yeah, Takaya. The yeah, there we go. Daisuke Utagawa uh, joins us to talk about Tonari's uh, surviving the COVID pandemic and coming back strong with great food and great business here in 2022 Uh, let's start off with our friend mitch berliner mitch i was in uh, a a, not to be mentioned large uh, supermarket the other day and the shelves are are bare and there's barely any pro there's barely any anything what's the story at uh, central farm markets
2: well thank you for asking and first uh, i will say that uh, you the chemistry between you two is so good I believe that you should go national. I'd like to be your agent. Okay.
0: Thank uh, one you. of the problems is I was doing an I was doing some chemistry this morning. That's why I was stepping on my tongue. Right,
2: right. Well, people say, Mitch, would you like a cup of coffee? And I say, you don't want to see this on caffeine. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about this because we started in the farm market industry back in the early 1970s. And we've been telling people, please support your local farmers, support the local food chain. And it turns out, time and time again, over all the decades, whether it be COVID, fuel shortages, or anything else, from time to time, the shelves in the industrial food chain are empty. Mm -hmm. And indeed, you didn't have to mention the chain because they're all empty, but not at Central Farm or other farm markets because local farmers raise what they do, they bring it, whether it's meat, poultry, produce, and they bring it right to people. It's fresher, more nutritious. So people, I think, are starting to get that message more every day.
1: Well, so let me ask you, Mitch. I mean, you know, for people who maybe don't go to the farmer's market, especially in the winter because they don't think of it the way they do during the spring and summer, you know, nicer nicer seasons. Um, are all the farmers there, like which markets are up and running, all the products are there, you know, Give people sort of a little 411 on that.
2: Well, that that is a great question because I am asked that a lot Um, because of the demand of the public, um, quite a number of farmers at our farmers markets and others um, have put in pretty substantial greenhouses, Uh, people like uh, Twin Springs and Mm -hmm. Toygo. We have a very large selection of things that you'd be quite surprised the fresh herbs, et cetera. We have Young Harvest, who's got many, many, many hoops and has all kinds of beautiful lettuces and carrots and all that kind of stuff that's just picked, not even 24 hours when you buy it. So there is plenty of uh, product around. Now, there are not a lot of farmers markets open Mm year-round. We have the Bethesda Central Farm Market in downtown Bethesda and the Nova Central Farm Market um, in northern Virginia. There are some other markets around, but it's it's, – not a lot, but just do a little research and find out which ones near you. We are busy in Bethesda, almost as busy as this summer, mm-hmm. because it's in people's habit right. to go to the market. Well, so I think just that's pay.
1: I think that's a really good point and something that we'll be talking about later later in the show when we talk about resetting for the new year about creating good habits. So, Mitch, tell everybody where they can please find Central Farm Markets online.
2: Thank you. It's at Central farm markets that's uh-huh. plural central we have two year round markets they're open today sunday come on down and see us uh-huh. and um, support your local farmers support and your system. local so, farmers my
0: takeaway mitch is that when the world ends i shouldn't head for safely i should head for your place
1: <laughs> you can
2: come stay with us we like you
1: hey thanks mitch we'll see you next we week We'd kill
0: each other are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let us talk Admit about...
1: you didn't kill your wife... And uh, no, you no, no, you. no, okay. no, 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 Okay.
0: After 26 years, forget it. We're okay, gonna...
1: it's not 26 just yet. It's almost. Um, Lucky
0: you. So all right.
1: we are, as David mentioned at the top of the show, we are... David and I are in studio, but our guests are not because we're all going to be super-duper safe. So normally somebody would be shaking it up and pouring cocktails, and we'd have lots of food in here, and it would be lots of fun. So everybody is just going to have to go on this virtual journey with us. Now, uh, a couple weeks ago... Right right before the holidays, we did go out to Wren, which is in Tyson's Corner. And it is just this unbelievable, it's the Watermark Hotel. Wren is the restaurant. It's on this platform that is known as the Perch, which is on the 11th floor of the Capital One building. It is this whole insane thing. Well, when you drive out to Tyson's,
0: it's that new area called East Tyson's that has just popped up with a beer garden and this Fabulous hotel and mm-hmm. Ren, and lots of stuff to do out there, and we had a meal. Okay. We had an amazing. Meal.
1: How about introducing our guests? All right,
0: so that amazing meal was cooked by Ren's executive chef Yo Matsuzaki. I said that right. Mm-hmm. I get that right. And Luis Mantilla, who is the restaurant well, the restaurant and the hotel's beverage hospitality director, and we have both of them on the line. Hi guys, uh, how guys? are you?
3: Hey, how are you?
0: Good, Good. Good morning. Um,
1: so, chef, I'd like to start with you. Um, I, I was really impressed with the menu and the dishes you were doing. What was your initial sort of concept for Ren and the kind of dishes you wanted to serve there?
3: So basically, just it's approachable, comfortable kind of Japanese food. But mm-hmm. uh, I can make authentic Japanese food, but it's 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 hard to eat. So that's I like kind of twisted it a little bit. So everything can easy to eat Mm -hmm. and there's something I want to eat. That's the kind of whole concept.
1: It's funny, though. When I first looked at the menu, I saw the Japanese influence, but it didn't occur to me that it was completely in a a Japanese style. Um, So as you were putting those dishes together, like you really have fun with them. So what were some of the things that you were like, oh, I really want to do this. And, you know, I think it's really going to be different, especially for the Tysons area.
3: So it likes the fried chicken. That's kind of, we call the Tokyo chicken, right? This is a yes. Gluten-free light, crispy kind of guilty pleasure kind of fried chicken. So traditional Japanese white kind of twist it, I marinate it and they use a light gluten-free kind of powder. Mm-hmm. tapioca starch, and in the cornstarch. It's mm-hmm. kind of detailed, but and after we got to toss with a special sauce and then stab with the jalapeno. Mm-hmm. also everything kind of reason uh, get into the plate. So over the balance, that's kind of my specialty. Also. It well, it was
1: super crunchy and super yummy. And um, Luis, let's talk about the cocktail program and how you're pairing it with Chef's Menu.
4: Absolutely. Um, we both kind of wanted to make sure that we we're providing the best level of uh, ingredients and quality product that we could. So, uh, you know, our menus are going to change seasonally.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do
4: have a couple Sakes on menu, a couple of Japanese beer, uh, just to kind of go with the program. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but far from that, we also just wanted to have something that's really high quality, uh, just like chef's food. So everything we do is in house. We you know fresh squeeze our own juices. We make our own bitters in house. Uh, you know, just anything that we can do in house, we do in house.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you What would you pair with the? I, we had it. What did you pair with the? Uh, well, we didn't uh, do pairings. No, no. But he gave us a cocktail with each. We bit of stuff. What would you pair with the? Uh, uh, fried chicken
4: uh, you know fried chicken and a nice you know japanese beer asahi was just something that works perfectly
0: great so opinion.
4: if
1: you were in studio right now what cocktail would you be making for us
4: uh, i'm really proud of our um moscow mule i know it's something that everyone makes and everyone has their own rendition we do it a little differently where we don't actually make ginger beer instead we do a ginger syrup so we get fresh ginger and we cook it with uh sugar and water to make a simple syrup. And then we blend it to get really all the essence out of the ginger. Mm. Uh, It just packs and it's absolutely beautiful in my opinion. So that's like our little secret uh, ingredient for our Moscow mule. Cool.
1: All right. Well, we're going to come back to you guys in a little bit. We're going to talk about more cocktails and more dishes that chef is preparing. Um, Let's go on. Hey, Alex Levin, good friend of the show, uh, with Michael Schlau restaurant group, one of the most well-known pastry chefs in the city, but also a real mover and shaker, uh, in the restaurant community. How are you, Alex?
6: I'm blushing, but doing well. Yeah. Good to hear your you. Don't Wait, Turn give the me camera a break on so we can see no, you blush. I, no, no, wish, no, I was. wish I were seeing you, too.
1: I know, I know. In person. So we want to just go, David and I are just going to go over some of the sort of fine notes on Restaurant Week because I know there was, they didn't really know whether or not they would do Restaurant Week initially this year and the week that they always do it, but they decided to go, you know, full-blown ahead. So Restaurant Week is happening January 17th, through uh, Sunday, January 23rd. And um, even though, you know, there's all this, like we hear staffing shortages and food shortages, and there's all these issues out there, there are still almost 200 restaurants participating this year, which means you can get specialty offers on uh, lunch, brunch, dinner, and also there's this whole to-go opportunity now. Thank you, COVID. So um, Alex, how did you guys, you guys have always been huge, Michael Schlau Restaurant Group has always been a huge part of, of uh, the Restaurant Association's activities. Um, how is it, how did you guys, like how's it been going for you guys? I mean, you were on kind of like a year ago. Um, how is the Michael Schlau Restaurant Group doing with everything that's going on? And then how does this all sort of fit in?
6: Well, first of all, we're very grateful to the leadership that the Restaurant Association has provided throughout the course of the pandemic. And pretty much time there's an opportunity to be supportive to them, we wanna be there for them. Mm -hmm. Also, this is a really great way for the association to promote its restaurants during, you know, one of the slower weeks during the year otherwise. And so for us, we're just excited to see guests coming back into the restaurants if that's what they wanna do. If they prefer to order takeout or delivery, we're happy to provide that as well with the restaurant week experience. Whatever the comfort level is, is what we're willing and happy to provide in terms of our hospitality.
5: Well, that's been the
6: case throughout the pandemic. You know, that's been not just for Restaurant Week, but you know, depending on anyone's level of comfort or concern, we're we're there for them.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's kind of talk about what Restaurant Week is for, because regardless of COVID, um, these these specially priced uh, menus are people's opportunity to not just to go back to restaurants they love. Sure, that's a good thing, but also to try restaurants they've heard about or um, uh, are curious about or have driven past um, and just want to say, I wonder what that's all about. You can go in, you get, you get a taste of the restaurant at a, at a great price, and you can get it to go, or you can dine in, you know, with, you know, following the COVID restrictions. And it's just a great opportunity to experiment and see. It's
6: a great opportunity for people that are new to the restaurant to come in and also a great opportunity for people that haven't been in a while to come back and check out what's new and different for the season. So I, we actually
1: have, uh, wait, Alex, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to finish that thought. So just give us just a second. Okay. This is uh, David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. It's 2022. We're in studio, but none of our guests are. But we'll be back in just a sec.
0: <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking Restaurant Week coming up starting on January 17th. And we're talking about it with Alex Levin from the Schlau Restaurant Group. Uh, Alex, we were kind of in the middle of that whole uh, kind of dual dual approach to restaurant week. Go back to the places you love if you haven't been there for a while um, or try someplace new and get a great meal at a great price. So
1: Alex, what is the Michael Schlau Restaurant Group doing? How are you guys participating?
6: So Alta Strada, which is our Italian restaurant both in the Mosaic District and also in downtown Mount Vernon Triangle, mm-hmm. we're actually offering the whole menu. So if you mm. want to come and check out any dish at all that we have, Typically on the menu, you can come during restaurant week. We have you covered and you can come more than once. If you come three times to any of our restaurants, um, you, all you have to do is keep the receipt. We'll actually give you a complimentary $40 gift card, $40 in honor of restaurant week. And you can use it during restaurant week if you want to have a free meal. Wow. Um, so we're doing that at Alta Strada with a whole menu. Nama, we have a tasting menu that's uh, created special for restaurant week. Uh, That gives a taste of all the different elements of the normal Nama menu, which includes sashimi, uh, different kinds of options for soup or other appetizers. Uh, We have nigiri, we have different rolls, and we have a really special dessert as well.
1: Well, so and and, and can I ask you a question, Alex? For Nama, Um, is that also to go as well, or is that just? It is. Okay, because it's like it's a, a great, such a beautiful it's a, little it's restaurant. A
6: it's, a, it's a great option for to-go. You get a little spread at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's uh, something that we're proud to create every day of the year if we, if we could. You mm-hmm. know? Um, unfortunately, Restaurant Week only is officially on the calendar for two weeks out of the year, once in the wintertime and once in the summertime. And a couple of places like we do this where we extend restaurant week for one unofficial week after the first week is over so that anybody that didn't get a chance to come during the, that first week can still take advantage of the promotion even during that second week as well.
1: Well, I love that. And I, I think it's, you know, smart of a restaurant to do because aside from COVID, the reason why they started doing restaurant week to begin with in January is because, you know, January's. A, always a slow month right like everybody's like so hungover from the holidays and all the money they spent and etc so any way we can sort of get people out and into restaurants and it's such a for me it's such a great time to explore restaurants that I haven't had an opportunity to go to um, because so many new restaurants have opened like Nama is a great example because I know it's not new but you guys sort of changed it up during the pandemic didn't you?
6: We did, yeah, we, we, we made the menu actually, at first we made like everybody the menu a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. then as we continued to see the restaurant, you know, just be very successful, the menu changed back and now it has got a lot more to it than it did when it first started. So people that come to the restaurant might say that, it's, you know, some of the most unassuming, but some of the best sushi in the city right now, and it's done just out of a small three person sushi station um, you know, in a in a room that doesn't really have a kitchen in it, other than the refrigeration for the for the fish.
1: Right, right.
6: So it's it's a pretty cool experience. You, you really feel like you're connecting with the chefs that are there. Uh, they're happy to go into any level of detail to the fish connoisseur that's sitting in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they're also happy to answer any questions virtually. If somebody has a question and they shoot an email to our sushi chef, he's happy to take a few minutes and reply back to them with a very personalized response see that's that's the kind of thing that we have to be able to do during the pandemic
1: right
0: and that's fine that's for the food intellectuals but if you can go to tico and just get the uh, taiko excuse me taiko and and get the hot churros with chocolate sauce and just eat that all afternoon that's good Mm -hmm. too right
6: that's that's a great move that's a yes. pro
1: move, actually. Right? <laughs> that's a pro move, right? <laughs> We're professionals here, Alex. Don't you know that? Uh, so, you'll uh, have
6: your margarita and your churros. You know, that's the that's that's the double whammy there.
1: So, Alex, Both before we wrap up choices. with well, before we wrap up with you, I do want to ask you where your head's at. Um, the uh, the vaccine mandate starts soon, and uh, how are your restaurants, your staff, you all? How is everybody feeling about it? Um, we've already, you know, we've been out in DC, um, we're boosted, uh, and, um, you know, we've already had multiple restaurants be like, we need to see your vaccination card. It's been super seamless, but how are you feeling about sort of instituting it in your different properties?
6: I mean, compared to having to deal with COVID before there were vaccines, I feel like this would be a walk in the park.
1: Yeah, I agree. But you're not getting pushback from staff being like, I don't want to police this. I don't want to do this. I was just sort of curious
6: not at all. I mean our staff, they're that they, we lead we lead our staff and we're showing them what we need them to do. They know that we have their backs if there's any issue at all that a manager will jump in and take over any awkward situation. And I think those awkward situations won't be as many as people are uh, potentially thinking about. I think that the city is very supportive of restaurants and people want to be able to do the right thing as it relates to eating out.
0: Well, Hi. also, after this time, we're, we're getting more and more acclimated to, you Thanks. know, life under COVID. So,
1: Alex, tell everybody where they can find you guys online so they can get in on all your amazing Restaurant Week offers.
6: So, whether you're doing reservations or takeout, just go to our website. So, TicoDC.com, mm-hmm. restaurant.com and mm-hmm. com.
1: Excellent. And just a quick reminder for everybody, Winter Restaurant Week is January 17th through the 23rd. There is to-go options, brunch, lunch, and dinner. You can find all of it out at rwdmv.com. That's where everything is. Of course, you can find out everything else on the list, com? Shameless Uh, plug. It's not shameless. It's... (laughs) It's factual. That's what's happening, uh, Alex. We really appreciate you joining us today. We know how busy you are, um, and we hope to see you soon.
6: Hope to see you guys soon. Thank you. Right. Thanks,
1: Alex. Okay, so let's go back to Ren and uh, to uh, the beverage menu. Well, yes. I like a little bit.
0: You know, the, just the, the restaurant itself mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chef Yo, you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, Ren, by the way, when I heard the name Ren, W-R-E-N, I thought of the bird Ren because I was thinking in English. But Ren in Japanese means love. Yes. uh, And obviously the idea is to love every aspect of your experience there. I thought the the ambiance of the place was just spectacular. Um, Were you involved in the design of the restaurant as well? Or was that a gift to you?
3: Uh, that's a gift to me, I guess. <laughs> yes. So it looks like somebody's in the living room. It does. It does. Yes. It's
0: so comfortable. And so, I mean, we just loved it. And the, and the food worked. And Luis, let's talk a little bit about this, the the beverage service and the rest of the Hotel, because you've got a beautiful bar in Ren. by the way. We should mention that. Well,
1: I think you're not laying it out correctly. Okay, so it I'm is, not. when you go into the hotel, and maybe, Luis, you want to speak to this? You know, it is this massive space that is sort of broken up without any walls. Do you want to sort of walk us through it, Luis?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so some people, when they first come, they're expecting the traditional restaurant that's closed off inside of walls, but it's really not that. We have a very open concept, and I think the designers did such a beautiful job. Uh, and you guys were right to say it's like a living room, right? You walk in, there's several sections with couches and, you know, lounge seating. And then you get to the heart of the 11th floor and that's where rent is. It's really the heart of the you know uh, 11th floor of the hotel. Uh, the bar is massive. It's, you know, black granite with gold accents everywhere. It's really stunning. And the, the lighting also helps with the ambiance. I'm really proud of um, the gift that we were given. We did not design it, unfortunately, but we are so happy with it. And people are really taking kindly to it.
1: Well, not only that, so you have windows like almost everywhere. So it's very, I mean, we are there in the evening, but you also look out onto the perch, right?
4: Correct. So on one side you're looking out to the perch, and mind you, we're on the eleventh floor here. So on the other side you look kind of out to Tyson's and see everything from a you know bird's eye view, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended.
1: Right, right, duh. <laughs> Very cute. All right, Louise, if you were uh, in studio and we're going to pour a drink next, what would it be?
4: Uh, Definitely uh, be so. We have some couple. We have a couple menu items that are not on the menu. They're meant to be fun and playful, and it's one of those word-of-mouth things. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you guys in on. That. We're going to be doing a uh, blue blazer hot toddies mm. and a blue blazer term for uh, you know the drink will be on fire. Basically, we'll do it in front of you. It'll be on fire. We'll do it only at the bar, but we'll light the whiskey on fire. We'll put it between two mugs and then we'll pour it in front of you. And that's why it's called a blue blazer hot toddy because the uh, fire is blue.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, you don't want to be walking around with, like, drinks on fire. You're a little worried (laughs) about that? No, no, we thought
4: it wouldn't be a good idea.
1: I actually ordered a hot toddy the other night, and they couldn't do it. (laughs) They were like, we don't have any hot water. I was like, oh, no, it's cold out. (laughs) All right, we're going to come back to you guys. I wish I was drinking that hot toddy right now. It sounds delicious. Deb Schaefer, I'm so excited to bring you back. Hi, how are you? Enchanted Botanicals. So, Deb, we need you to unmute. There you are. Hi. Here I am. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Well, you know, I'm a big fan. I ordered a lot of gifts this year from you for uh, friends and family because I just love the um, sort of good intentions and good vibes of the products that you carry. So give us a quick 411 on Enchanted Botanicals.
7: Sure, sure. Well, I started as an interior designer, so I did that for about 25 years, mm-hmm. and then a few years ago made the shift from helping to make people's homes beautiful to helping them make their lives more beautiful, um, and I'm, I'm doing that by helping them up their spiritual and their energetic and sometimes their magical game. Mm-hmm. But and- what
0: drove that? What, what made you make the switch?
7: Oh, It was a long series of things, but um, the main one being that I was diagnosed with really aggressive breast cancer and I sort of made one of those um, stereotypical deals with the universe like, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, everyone, if you let me hang out here and raise my son who was 13 at the time, um, I'll do what you need me to do. And so I just started following breadcrumbs and it eventually led me to different studies, um, medical herbalism. And then I made the shift over into spiritual
0: herbalism.
1: What's the difference between medical herbalism and spiritual
7: herbalism? Like how do they, they must work together. Well, naturopathy yeah, that, and
0: what you're doing. Sure.
7: That's a good question. Um, so medical herbalism would be using, um, Herbs, a lot of them we know. Rosemary, lavender are both really great. They're antivirals, they're antibacterials, um, antifungals. So you you could use herbs on a very physical level, and that would be medical herbalism and spiritual herbalism, sort of a a parallel path, if you will. So when you're working with rosemary and lavender, just to use those same two herbs, as an example, you would be working on your energetic self. Mm -hmm. Um, So we all, you've probably heard the term aura and our aura is, is our energy body. It's that, that field that surrounds us. And the first layer is the physical.
5: Mm -hmm.
7: So once you've got that under control, you want to try and take care of those other layers as well, because if you're not working on your spiritual hygiene What's happening in those outer layers, which includes your emotional, mental, and spiritual, those are going to start getting heavier and impact your physical health. Okay, uh, Deb,
1: on that point, which I think is a perfect place, we have to take a quick break. But When we come back, let's talk about ways – to take care of our spiritual health, which will take care of our physical health, especially as we launch into the new year. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We are resetting for 2022, and I cannot wait. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, uh, and we're back talking to Deb Schaefer, who's the founder of Enchanted Botanicals. And Deb, there are, I won't say skeptics, but there are people who could benefit from this who, who just kind of, You know, eh, maybe that's not going to work. I am, I am a, a a new believer in naturopathy. I won't get into the whole story. But, um, yeah, but uh, you don't
1: do any of the spiritual stuff.
0: Not yet. I mean, we, I do it because you do it, but I know, but I'm you don't starting do any of it. I <laughs> don't <laughs> do any of it. I'm one of those people whose spirit <laughs> he just
1: does it because he's next to me, but no, that no, doesn't no, count. No, that is not. That it counts. I do counts. It. We <laughs> have
0: a dog that, w- that had cancer surgery, and I, and but that's not can- what we're talking I'm, about. I'm saying I believe in the healing power of those medicinals. Mm-hmm. It's a question of, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how lavender and all that is going to help my spirit. Mm-hmm. So okay. talk to me.
7: Okay. Well, they have herbs, plants have um, medicinal properties. We already know that that's where our medicine in great part comes from, our physical medicine. And so they also have these, they have spiritual properties. And, you know, um, David, a lot of it goes to just having to let go and have faith um, to just trust that there might be something something to this and so that's kind of my job is to introduce people to alternative and like naturopathy it's an alternative um healing medicine
0: Mm -hmm. and so what i do is part of that let me ask you what do you look what what does one look for i mean now you know it's funny we can talk about marijuana because it's almost legal everywhere you smoke a joint and you feel the difference what happens here with these botanicals
7: okay so the the Purpose in great part, and we'll, we'll talk about maybe resetting energy, and, and hopefully that will all start to make sense. So if you look at quantum physics, um, that says that everything is energy. So that includes not only our actions, but our words, our emotions. And so think about everything that we've gone through in COVID. Not only were a whole lot of us not feeling well, but we were feeling um, anger and resentment and fear and frustration. Um, You know, all of those emotions that I call, every emotion sort of falls into either the love column or the fear column. And we want to move out of that fear column and into the love column because the love um, resonance is what's going to keep us healthy and vibrant Um, When we're living in that fear column with anger and resentment, um, you know, it's just it weighs on us and it's the those emotions are in those outer layers of our aura that we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And so if we can take care of of those pesky emotions that really don't serve us, it's going to uplift our physical health as well. So when we're talking about resetting our energy for the new year, we want to clear out all of that stuff that really didn't serve us very well in 2022. Um, and there, there are some easy, easy peasy ways to do that, that don't involve a whole lot of, a woo woo business. (laughs) Um, things like, um,
1: by the way, back
0: that up, a woo woo business. She
1: knows. I know what you mean. Like, she's basically talking about like the deniers, like the people that are like, I don't get this. So, let's talk about some of those things. First of all, yeah. I do want you to know that love over fear is my mantra when I meditate. Like, somebody gave me that. Perfect. And I use that. And I really, I mean, when I can remember to use it while I'm it's meditating. It's powerful. But no, it's, it's I find it really absolutely helpful. Absolutely powerful. Yeah. Um, so, let's so, talk about some of the products that you have
7: that people can use to help reset in a really positive way. Right. So, one of the easiest ways to you want to clear out that energy first. So, um, there's a couple of really easy ways to clear out. You can use smoke, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not talking about like you know the little. He's not, he's not talking. You're you know, not talking about the joint. We know what you're saying. Right. Not the jiby smoke. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but usually from incense, mm-hmm. um, and you've got lots of different kinds of incense. I create loose incense. I also create resin incense. Um, You know, resin, any kind of incense really is ancient. It has been used for thousands of years. That will create the most beautiful, um, intense smoke. And you can carry that through your room. The smoke is what will attach to the The negative vibes, all of that junk that's just hanging out that we can't see, but really, if you feel into it, you can feel it. You'll feel that something is off, something just doesn't feel happy and uplifted, so smoke is going to attach to that junk and carry it up and out to the universe. Another great way um, grab a bell, turn on some music that you love, turn it up loud, open your window, let it. Let it just vibrate into the corners and use your power of intention to focus that music on what's hanging out in there that you want to let go of. Um, if you've got young kids, remember the days when when they would go into the cabinets and bring out pots and pans and spoons, and they were space clearing. Um, kids are so much wiser than <laughs> us older people. Um, Water. Water is a great way to cleanse. So you could easiest way, put some into a bowl, maybe add a few drops of essential oil that you like simply because you like the scent of it. Um, so just like they would do in a church ritual, they, they put it in a censer or the, the priest or the minister would take up you know, sometimes it's fingers and dip it into the bowl and just sprinkle it throughout your room. That's going to clear it. You want to always do part B, which is once you've cleared a space, whether it's yourself or a room, your house, your office, make sure that you're filling that space back up with, with the love. You're getting rid of the fear. And now you're leaving it, this brilliant open space and guess what going back to quantum physics everything is energy and the next bit of energy that happens to pass by may not be what you had intended so fill it with love however you can do that
1: i love that so does that work for you a little bit do you like see that. all right deb we only have like a minute or two left yeah. i want to just talk about those detoxifying salts because i'm giving them out left right and sideways i, just I know think you're obsessed th- i i just <laughs> i i just think it's a a beautiful, easy thing without being too woo woo. Right? right. Like, it's just like, right. it's first of all, they're beautiful. And I just like their messaging. So can we talk about them? Cause you make them and I, they're so I pretty. Do.
7: Right. So there's, those are my black clearing salts and black salt again, ancient um, clearing technique, every culture to this day has their own version. So I layer the black salt, um, which I make myself, um, that's going to do the heavy duty clearing. Then, because like I just said, you're going to want to bring in, fill back in with the good stuff. I layer in the pink salt. Mm -hmm. And then the last layer is rose petals. And rose is the highest vibing botanical. Um, So those two layers, the pink salt and the pink roses are going to be what hold your space clear and sacred. So I've created this whole ritual in a jar so you don't have to, you know, Do if anything. you're short on time, <laughs> if you don't feel like it's going to work for you, just buy a bottle of this and trust me, it will. Right. And you'll know it because those pink layers are going to start turning dark as they absorb the energies that don't serve you. I love that. Deb, tell
1: everybody, please, where they can find a uh you and Enchanted Botanicals and
7: uh, all the fabulous candles and incense and interesting Thank products you. that you sell. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. I'm, I'm online. It's enchanted-botanicals with an S at the end mm-hmm. dot com. You can also find me on Instagram, Enchanted Botanicals. Um, yeah, I'm available. Call me, email me, text me. I love to teach. I love to talk to people about this. Thanks, Deb. It's always good to have you okay. on. Thank you. Thanks, so much.
1: guys.
0: I'm convinced.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay, Luis and Yo, can we bring you guys back on? Hi. Hi, Luis. So, Yo, I want to go back to your menu a little bit. Are you there? There you are. Hi. So since the space is so, you know, massive, did you put together a menu like for the bar? Do you do brunch and lunch? I mean, how do you go about sort of fulfilling everything considering your you know, a very good restaurant in a hotel.
3: So, so basically this hotel built built because of our Capital One headquarters in the front of our hotel. So Mm -hmm. basically they're focusing the breakfast, basically buffet. And uh, we are not thinking about the lunch right now Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: only focusing the dinner so far. Okay. And uh, yeah. So that's that. Well, so
1: let me ask you a question about buffet for breakfast. How do yes. you bring sort of your training and sensibilities to a buffet breakfast?
3: So, right now, people are focusing on the healthy food. So, it's uh, try to create the healthy kind of yogurt, fruit, and the same as that. It's not m- much focusing on the Japanese food, more healthier side. And there's something. Same as the dinner menu, something I wanna eat in the breakfast. Mm-hmm. So that's, there's a lots of a variety, different fruits, different condiments, charcuterie meat mm. in there. Yes, gluten-free bread. Blah blah blah. Yeah.
1: Well, I feel like the charcuterie meats and is really actually more like at a, on a breakfast table is more European than it is that's really that, right. American. But that appeals to me personally, so I do love that's that. that. Yeah,
3: that's the kind of I was uh, thinking.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure you get a lot of international travelers there as well.
3: Not much, but yes, a little bit.
1: Well, I guess it's COVID and you All guys right. did open it. COVID. Well, then,
0: Luis, let's say I'm sitting down for brunch, which we have to go back and do. Right. What would you suggest I drink? with a, Because the brunch is so you know multifaceted, I might have anything on my plate.
4: So as of now, we are not offering a traditional right. brunch in the sense of the word brunch. So I don't want to give you the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something we definitely want to move towards eventually where we have, you know, uh, everyone knows in this area brunch is a thing, right? Weekend brunch, people Dude. come out and swarm. Right. So right, we, but with we the, move up with, with... eventually, but right now, given the low occupancy in the hotel, we haven't really capitalized on breakfast as much as dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to come for brunch, though, I would. Obviously recommend having a mimosa that's just like the universal brunch drink or a Bloody Mary, right? But uh, get there eventually, we're not there yet. so I don't want to really plug anything for brunch yet. Uh, most <laughs> of it is dinner, like I said, and chef mentioned also breakfast is right now, just complimentary buffet breakfast for our guests, which which are not many since the hotel industry is a uh, pretty low in occupancy.
1: I bet I bet. All right. well, so if you were gonna make us a cocktail in studio right now, what would you make?
4: Oh, man, so many good things. I would keep it seasonal. Like we have a nice punch. Um, I won't go into too much detail. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a story that I I love about our uh, restaurant. When I was putting together the program, I wanted to do something that was vintage because, you know, golden age of uh, cocktails right now. We're kind of going back to drinks that were made back in the 1900s. I wanted to have a legit punch bowl. So I went online. I looked for one for a vintage punch bowl. I went to thrift shops. Couldn't find one. Uh, Like I said, long story short, I found one on Facebook Marketplace. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: It was when I went to go pick it up, it was this little old lady's house and she had never used it. And it was in the box, the original box from the 1970s. And so when cool. I told her, it was so cool. And when I told her what I was going to use it for, she asked, she said, can you just send me a picture of it being used? I never got to use it. So, you know, like be still in my heart. What a, what a beautiful story. So we, we have that in, in our restaurant at Wren and uh, okay. we make a lunch there that's made with a uh, hard cider, um it's made with hibiscus cinnamon cloves and apple brandy yum
1: i love that and that is a great story okay on that note we have to take a quick break this is david and nikki nellis with foodie and the beast when we come back we're talking to dice k about the return of Tanari.
0: we're back on foodie and the beast with david and nikki nellis you know a lot of dc restaurants especially those that just timing wise just happened to open around the start of the pandemic didn't have a lot of staying power uh, that was needed to challenge all the shutdowns and the restrictions and the let's go and the let's stop. But one that did is Tonari. Uh, it's Dakaya's Di- uh, uh, group, uh, group's uh, Japanese-Italian fusion restaurant Okay, and, wait, uh, I have to interrupt. What? So
1: I got to tell this story very quickly. Dice K, I told you this off air. Yeah, I but... think you're
0: the bad luck in this whole no, story. No,
1: I know. But literally, you guys had just opened. I couldn't wait to come in. My mother came to town with my son. He was home from college for spring break. We, like, get to Tanari, which had just opened, and we're having this, like, killer, killer lunch. It's just fabulous because Tanari is very close to the Portrait Gallery. We went there first. Um... And literally why we're sitting there, like the world is falling apart. Like the stock market drops and people it's like COVID, 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 and everybody in the staff is like, we don't know what's happening. Apparently
0: Dice <laughs> K ran through the restaurant on fire. I mean, there was a whole thing, right? <laughs>
1: but literally five days later, I mean it did all shut down. And that was my last meal out. And we I mean, and it was a good one. But um let's talk about the fact, I mean, you guys opened, Tanari opened two weeks before, three weeks before the pandemic started. Let's talk about the initial concept, because it's right, it's in the old Graffiato space, right next door to uh, the Izakaya.
0: Um, right behind the, the Cap 1 Center. Yeah, in
1: the Cap 1 Center. Um, let's talk about the concept first.
8: Tonari started as the space became available.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: And uh, as you may know, that we don't really like to make things up. And, you know, there's a gorgeous building ne- right next to us, literally. And one of our partner, Yama, said we really got to sort of save that integrity of this old building um, and th- and then there's this huge pizza oven that we, we loved so we said we've got to utilize it and then we came up with this idea is why don't we do wafu Italian um, which is uh, or wafu pasta mm-hmm. is a uh, established cuisine in Japan already it's started back in 1950s of m- mixing with Italian pasta Japanese ingredients. So now the Jap- wafu pizza doesn't really exist. So we kind of had to think about this and go, okay, what would we do if, it, if there was wafu pizza? So we went to Japan um, for another research. We worked with a flour mill in Hokkaido, which mills the flour that makes our ramen noodles as well. Mm-hmm. So we went there for two things. One is to kind of crystallize wafu pasta for us and to sort of, you know, make this wafu pizza. And the reason we went to flour mill, obviously, is that there that's where it starts, right? Well, it starts with the ingredients, obviously, the, the flour. We did want to use Hokkaido uh, wheat because they have high water content and it has a really sort of pillowy soft and nice chew in, their, uh, uh, in everything that comes out from it. So we went to the flour mill and we worked with them um, to basically come up with this dough that will, you know, sort of coin this wafu pizza uh, idea. And, uh, you know, our first place to go was, you know, people in Japan or those who went to Japan know the Japanese bread, this white regular bread is quite remarkable. It's very, it's it's a white bread, but mm-hmm. it's different, you know, and it's flavor, the way it, the mouth feel and, and the pillowiness and so on. So uh, um, we started there and then we kind of, you know, developed the dough. And we, after many trials, we came to something that just was, you know, um, myself and Katsuya was there. And we both went, oh, my God, this is the beginning of this for us. Um, And that's what we came back with. And then, you know, further development was done by Katsuya, uh, obviously, to do it in sort of a, a, a pan style to showcase that, you know, fluffy, pillowy, light, crunchy, yet chewy. Because it's a thick, it's
1: a thick, it's a, I don't want to call it deep dish, but it is a thick
8: pizza. It's, it's kind of like a Detroit style pizza, you know, the square pan really thick. Um, You know, we take very, we take it very slow and long to make it rise. So there's a lot of small air bubbles in there and, and together with the, with uh, 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 the type of flour that we use. Just to give you an idea, this flour mill separates flour into 70 different components. Wow. Um, So if you are, you know, if you're a painter, I'm not, but rather than having 12 or 70 paint colors, you know, you you can dial it in pretty well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what they did for us. That's Um, amazing. yeah, and, and pasta is also made in Japan, um, mm-hmm. made by the same factory that makes our ramen noodles for us. So the way it's made is slightly different technically. Obviously, the ingredient is different in, in a sense that it uses Hokkaido flour. So that's the beginning, really. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and soon after we opened, we, we had to close by the mandate. The restaurant had to be shut down. So we did a takeaway for a little bit. Then we realized we just opened this restaurant and do we really want people's first experience of the restaurant to be coming out from a box,
5: mm-hmm. you know,
8: especially pasta and pizza. I, mean, I get, I get the, 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 the pizza bit, but you know, we didn't, we couldn't show our full spectrum, if you will. So we decided to kind of shut it down until we can reopen.
0: So, so talk about the toppings because um, that, you know, that completes the process. When you bite into that fluffy, pillowy dough, what am I biting into? Well, there are
8: different. Obviously, we have different toppings. Um, all of them are uh, made by Katsuya. He, you know, he came up with it. Um, some are honestly, traditional. if he some made are, it, it's, I'll take it, whatever it is.
1: It is. I know we love Katsuya. Yeah, yeah, he's great, man. We love
8: him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some are traditional. Some are, you know, kind of. Uh, his take on uh, what he thought would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, we And we we use uh, we also use uh, a rice oil for um, mm-hmm. shortening. So the crust has that little bit of that, you know, the rice cracker flavor?
1: Yeah, it does. So
8: all that just comes in you know, a lot of nuances. It's very difficult to describe. You've had it. You can tell that it's kind of a nuanced oh, it's thing. Oh, to- it is. Different.
1: So Daisuke, we only have about a minute left. So I just want you to be able to tell people how you guys are coming back. And because now you're doing it a little differently. It's not a la carte. So let's talk about how you're doing that. So
8: at the moment, because of the staff shortages, really, Mm -hmm. we are only able to offer uh, a tasting course. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, one can go to our, our website and essentially, you know, reserve the tasting course. This way we know what the counter is going to be so that, you know, with the short staff in the kitchen, they can handle it. We do plan to go full a la carte um, one day.
1: Someday. Um, Someday.
8: And we will probably keep the the tasting course, maybe in the upstairs where we have the, you know, sit on the floor, Japanese floor, uh, Mm -hmm. sitting thing.
1: Excellent. Um, Tell everybody, Daisuke, it's so good to see you. Tell everybody, please where they can find Tonari and where they can find about all your other restaurants, because you have uh, quite a few around the DC metro area.
8: Right. Uh, well, tonaridc.com is the website. And mm-hmm. through that, um, you can tug through all our restaurants. That's Daikaya, Bantamping, Haikan, uh, Excellent. Um So, um, but um, anyways, thanks for uh, having us. And, um, and hopefully the, the re- reopening of Tonari marks the 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 reopening of the
0: country
1: i agree I, your lips
0: to god's yes, ears yes we all <laughs> pod.
1: yay all right thanks so much dice okay okay we're gonna go back to the watermark hotel and ren uh with uh chef yo and uh luis uh so um Yo let's go chef let's go to you first i mean just uh, for people who have not had the opportunity yet to come to the restaurant, aside from the Tokyo chicken, which is amazing, give us one other dish on that dinner menu that you are like, absolutely to die for. must have.
3: Oh, so could be two. Can I go two?
1: Yeah. Give it to me.
3: One is, uh, it's kind of how much Tata. That's, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's kind of my background. So that's a simple yo sashimi small Yeah, rice. we had
0: the hamachi Yes.
3: Yeah. excellent. Yes. us, uh, very simple. It's a shallot and uh, what is it? White truffle ponzu which is a soy citrus.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And the little twist which is uh, karamata olive tabana. Mm.
5: That's
3: a kind of little twist. And it's served it with made uh, chips. And then one more dish is uh, maybe yeah, you guys favorite also the Wagyu burger, that's my favorite too. It's very popular.
1: Yes, with good reason. The wagyu was, inc- I, it was incredible. That I was probably one, my favorite dish.
0: one complaint about the hamachi, and that is that it's I always want enough. more. It should be delivered in a bucket.
1: Yeah, he would like oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, more.
1: But then he's got to pay yeah. for it. With a
0: bucket of chips too. No, she'll pay for it. Right. And, uh, that's what yeah, I want. Yeah, sure.
1: Okay, and uh, Luis, if you could just tell everybody, please, sort of where they can find Ren, the Watermark Hotel, and uh, find you on social and et cetera, like all the goods that are going on there because there's so much happening there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So we are blessed to be in the Capital One campus. Mm-hmm. Um, Capital One campus not only houses Capital One's headquarter, uh, it also houses Capital One Hall, which is a large theater that has a 1,600-seat venue. Uh, we also have The Perch, which you spoke about quickly. We have, uh, you know, Star Hill Beer Garden out there, an amphitheater, an, an expansive uh, two-and-a-half-acre uh, you know, just green lawn out there. It's it's amazing. They're actually in the process of building uh, 18 holds of mini golf for phase two, and that'll be open in March, give or take, uh, which, again, is just a, an amazing uh, little oasis in the middle of Tyson's. I
1: mean, listen, I know uh, you guys, I know you said earlier that, like, things are a little slow and et cetera, but I'm telling you, man, like, come, like, March, it's just going to be <laughs> insane there. So enjoy the slow time because it's going to yeah. end very soon. Tell us where we can please find you online.
4: Absolutely. So uh, the watermarkhotel.com is where mm-hmm. you can find the hotel, book your stay, uh, and make a little staycation out of it. After that, uh, Wren Tyson's, which is plural, uh, with an S at the end, .com is where you can find the restaurant itself. We're also uh, taking reservations via OpenTable. That's uh, fine. So those are all the-
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we want to thank everybody... For uh, joining us on our first show of 2022. We're doing it a little differently, but we are totally making it work. Uh, We want to thank all of our listeners for coming back. There is so much good really happening out there. It may be a little bumpy, but we are getting forward. We're moving forward in a very positive direction. So please go to the list areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you about absolutely everything happening in the D.C. metro area and the food, wine, and hospitality scene. Of course, you want to follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the good things that I'm doing. Um, And don't forget to tune in to Industry Night at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays on Real Fun D.C., where I do a little bit of a deeper dive with like some of the people I'm talking here today. So thank you once again for joining joining us. Everybody be safe out there. Remember, it's hard on everybody. So practice kindness and have a delicious week.